2: Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finn. We've got a great show for you today. In this half hour, we're going to be talking about what's doing in Ferndale. We've got some really amazing stuff going on. This year is the year of HaKel, the year dedicated to gathering people together for strengthening Judaism. So at Jewish Ferndale, we're having HaKel dedicated to the city of Safat. And we're going to be talking to... The Jewish Hour's own Chana Finman, who organized this massive exhibit and lecture series in the about the city of Safat. Second half hour of the show. This is the Purim edition. We're going to be talking about Purim, the portion of the uh, is of course Ki It's in chapter thirty and following in the book of Exodus gets usurped. I'm sorry, we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to talk about Purim. We have an amazing story. At the end of the show, before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. IDF forces arrested two Palestinians for the shooting of Israeli-American Elan Ganelis. Ganelis, age 27, was visiting Israel for a friend's wedding when he was killed. Police arrested eight Palestinians in the Shomron for shooting attacks. No one was hurt in those shootings. The first ever ambassadors of Azerbaijan to Israel has arrived in Tel Aviv, with Azerbaijan set to become the first Shiite Muslim country to open an embassy in Israel. Azerbaijan supplies 40% of Israel's oil. In local news, somewhat disheartening, but thank God, our our people who are on the ball, the FBI arrested a Michigan man who was planning on murdering Jewish politicians in Michigan, including Attorney General Dana Nessel and State Senator Jeremy Moss. A 2,500-year-old pottery receipt was found in Tel Lachish in southern Israel. This is a receipt, so they didn't bother writing things on paper because paper was too hard to make. They just had this pottery stuff, and they would just, like, etch it in. What's so special about this 2,500-year-old pottery receipt is that the receipt had the name of King Darius the Great, the father of Ahasuerus. And as my wife said, it seems to always see that these things get found sometime around Purim. And finally, Israel will be competing in the 20-team World Series of Baseball with more than half of its team being American major leaguers. The qualifying round is this week with the elimination round next week. The championship game is set to take place in Miami on March 21st. The chances of Israel being there specifically, we'll see. Like you say, with the help of the Almighty. And that's the news. Herschel Finman here you're listening to the Jewish Hour. We have online the co producer of the Jewish Hour and co director of Jewish Ferndale, Hannah Finman. How we're gonna be talking about upcoming events at Jewish Ferndale. Exciting things are happening. How are you today, Hana? I'm
1: thank God. Well, how are you?
2: Good. Baruch Hashem, as we <laughs> say. Okay. Yeah. So what's what's news and what's doing?
1: What's news and what's doing? Well, today is um, an interesting day here in Detroit because it's cloudy with such a thick layer of gloom um, that uh, you you could really lose it. So you have to, um, in these uh, November, December, January, February, March days, (laughs) April sometimes, um, keep occupied with really interesting, positive things. So you don't get the gloomies. no sunlight here yet. It's been like, I don't know, at least 10 days of uh, thick cloud cover. But if you can keep your head above the clouds, not in the clouds, (laughs) by attaching your mind to interesting things that you love um, that bring you enormous pleasure, then um, you don't feel as affected by it all. You know, so uh, here at Jewish Ferndale, um, Herschel and I, Rabbi Finman, my husband, who you're listening to this morning on his wonderful podcast, Jewish Hour, which uh, is just, you know, if you ever want to hear old uh, interviews, you go to his uh, website, rabbifinman.com, right? Thank you, Thank you and,
2: very much for the plug, Mrs. Finman.
1: Yeah, and, okay. and you can look at all the old radio shows, and they're just so fascinating. So anyway, reaching out, finding things you love is important this time of the year. So at Jewish Friender, we try to provide some interesting things to bring people together. Because what's better than to get mindful about things that are related to the Jewish calendar, Jewish festivals, and uh, Jewish gatherings? So specifically, Hanukkah is coming up. And we have been preparing for Hanukkah for a while. This will be, how many years have we been doing Hanukkah in Ferndale, Herschel? Uh,
2: Since 2015, so this will be seven years.
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, these gatherings at Hanukkah are are each year's unique to that year. Um, You know, we did things that... uh, you know, it was such lovely seeing all the children coming and parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and, and neighbors and friends and people we didn't know and then got to know over the years through Hanukkah. And um, Hanukkah expresses a great amount of joy for Jewish people. Um, lighting the menorah is about light, is about bringing light into the world, into a dark world, figuratively and actually, because we light the menorah when it's dark outside. So it actually does light up the darkness. It also lights up something deep within ourselves, something that might be needing light. And if that is something soulful or even something psychological and simple like that, because, you know, when you do some Jewish... Act with other people, say lighting the menorah. We have a big public menorah lighting um, at our facility at 1725 Pinecrest in Ferndale. It, it feels good. It feels good to be with other folks and singing a song together and lighting the menorah, having a latka and uh, all that. So we're going to be having, it's on, uh, Hanukkah actually starts on December. Uh, 12th through the 19th, correct?
2: Correct. The 12th through no, the 26th. No, that, that's not
1: right. So it's, it's Sunday, December 18th yeah, through right. Monday, the uh, 26th Sixth. of December.
2: That's the last night
1: being yeah. the 25th. I'm sorry. Yeah, right? Is that correct? We're, we're, and that's so right. our, our event is on Sunday, the 25th, which is Sunday, the last night of Hanukkah. So that's when we light all the candles in the menorah. So we um, this year, besides the latkes, which are potato pancakes and applesauce, and we're having beautiful crafts led by an expert craftsperson in our art studio with some really lovely things to create for children and adults as well, and wonderful music with Marty Mandelbaum, our wonderful pianist. We have several who we love to host in Jewish Ferndale, and uh, Marty's going to come tickle the ivories. Um, so to speak. And, um, and you know, we have something new this year that we're adding what's to our that? Hanukkah event. Um, besides the, uh, hopefully, donuts and stuff like that, we are going to have a art exhibit featuring the city in Israel called Sfat. S-A-F-E-D. Safed Sfat. Israel. Um, okay. So what's that going to be about? Well, when you come in our doors and you hang up your coat and walk into our great room, there's new artwork on the walls which express different. They're not the same. Very different artists expressing um, their uh, love for spot in a pictorial form of painting. And we also have prints um, like lithographs and uh, so on and so forth. Because what is spot, I guess I have to... S- slow down a little and mention what this is, right? Yes. Some people never heard of Svat. Some people might have heard of Jerusalem as a major city in Israel, but Svat is off the beaten track. It's up in the north, north of Tiberias, and if you look at a map of Israel, it's slightly west, northwest of the lake called the Kinneret, the Sea of Galilee. So if you go north and then a little west, there's a hill town called Spot. It's very elevated for Israel. It's one of the highest points in Israel. And this city is very, very ancient, although because of invasions and earthquakes, it's been reduced to rubble over the centuries and rebuilt over and over again. So, there's like a, a lot of archaeological interest there as well, all the different societies and peoples that populated this region. But what Sot is famous for is in the 1600s, at the late 15, 15th, 16th century. That's yes. when it became um, a haven for really um, Jewish scholars who were coming from different parts of the world for different reasons, one of the expulsion from Spain and other reasons as well, from Germany. Um well, came the Arizal, who went to Egypt, then he came to spot There were different uh, um, great Jewish heroes in terms of um, study, um, in terms of writing new books that would help the Jewish People for the next centuries until today, who resided there, you know, um, in the 16th century. That's a long time ago, right? But their synagogues, their shuls, they are still there. They have been rebuilt many times, and they're beautiful to look at. So tourists do come to spot just merely to go into these beautiful places and look at the um, magnificent synagogues that are there but it also has their burial places they lived there and they died there and they're buried there so it's considered for some people the holiest cemetery in the world Um, and that brings another kind of tourism believe it or not are people who will go to these burial places in this old cemetery and pray for their welfare of their loved ones and other people come to spot to study um, in the 1970s the town was rejuvenated with a new spirit a lot of it had to do with great leadership in the religious communities where people once said they you know it had been sort of a forgotten town but they remembered the ancient cemetery and they remembered the, these ancient synagogues these shuls they remembered the ancient spirit from the greats that lived there in those times and they wanted to rejuvenate the whole idea of it becoming a city of scholarship so nowadays since the 1970s it's been built up and you have religious communities there that have hundreds of families Um, so if you went there today you would see all different kinds of people there, all different kinds of Hasidim, all different kinds of yeshivos and kolels, of course I'm I am affiliated with Chabad so in the Chabad community there's a, a great yeshiva's there that people come to study from all over the world people who are great scholars and and learn and also people who are just want to try this out for the first time and there's facilities where people can stay like Ascent is a place you can like a hostel where people come and they might experience Shabbat, Shabbos for the first time in thought. And then around the corner you have, you know, a cadre of young scholars and old scholars studying deep esoteric texts.
2: Okay, Mrs. Finman, it, let me drop in. Drop, uh, yeah. Just to remind people, we're, uh, you're listening to the Jewish Hour, and we're talking with Hannah Finman. We're talking about things going on at Jewish Ferndale, the upcoming exhibit about the city of Svat. So let's focus back on then. Yeah. So what's going to be exhibited? You're not going to have the Riesel's grave transported to Jewish <laughs> Ferndale. That would be...
1: No. That would be... But like I said, for... you know, because it gets very gloomy here in Detroit, it's really nice to have good things to see and do, and things to look forward to and to participate in. So this spot-themed art exhibition that's starting Hanukkah time, you can see it if you come to our Hanukkah event, we're going to be having up for a year. And each piece of artwork, um, I'll have some information there about these very disparate artists. Um, and I could talk about
2: some little, of those little artists little that about you'd like to excite the people listening that they should want to come
1: yes well uh let's start i'll, I'll just mention a few names uh we have a lithograph by yaakov Krasmacher of tzat who's no longer alive um, his name is spelled different ways on the internet but i knew this artist and um he was actually from paris and he came from a very secular home because his parents were refugees after the war from Poland settled in France and Paris. And he was a self-taught artist. And he used a um, very um, geometric technique that has a very specific vibe. I can recognize his work when I'm in different Jewish homes or in Jewish galleries. where That's where his work has pretty much wound up. He died just a few years ago, and his work is very precious. I went online to see how it's selling, and it, it sells pretty well. We have a lithograph, which is a form of printmaking, very vibrant colors, very geometric, and every hard-edged shape is a symbol of a Jewish idea relating to numbers. He was yeah, fascinated so very, with very, what's called gematria. He's
2: basing yes. his work on, like, uh, Jewish mysticism, that you would say, and representation his of Yeah, and, and also of symbols
1: of some very basic ideas through the idea of the, how many sides these geometric shapes contain. So you think three-sided shape. What What's three in Judaism? Well, you would think of Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, abraham isaac and jacob so that's a tr- to him that would be expressed in a three-sided figure and so on and so forth so to look at his work the more you know jewishly the more exciting the work is to look at because you start seeing what he's saying in it um
2: okay who's next
1: yeah then we have a local artist who was written up in our own Jewish news during the uh, Tishrei period, it was an article written for *Rosh Hashanah* called "Sounds of the Chauffer" by Louis Finkelman, who's a contributing writer to our local Jewish news, about Abraham Lowenthal. Abraham Lowenthal was uh, raised in here, Southfield, Michigan, and studied um, art in Ann, Ann Arbor. In um, University of Michigan, and went on to other art schools and got very interested in the study of Judaism and wound up moving after his uh, finished art school in Chicago. He went to Israel and fell in love with Sfat and couldn't leave. For 30 years, he's been there and met his wife there and has children there. He, he does a making the auditory visual by listening to the sounds of the chauffeur, he was able to construct some kind of software that, from the sounds and the vibrations, that it became pictorial. So, something of his work there, which is nice because he's a local guy. We also have artworks from someone named Shalom of Spot. During COVID, I did. A lot of things online for Jewish Ferndal at your Facebook page, Herschel Fimmons' Facebook page. I believe some of those things might still be up. Um, we did a lot of activity from my home here. And the thing was, I did talk about Shalom of Sot and some of these other artists during that time. But Shalom of Sot is one of my favorite artists. Um, we have a poster from his. Um, one of his series. He's somebody you can Google. All of these artists are pretty much Googleable, except for one, which I'll talk about in a minute. But um, Shalmavisvat was considered a primitive artist. His works are fun to read. They have biblical origins. He passed away before I had a chance to meet him in Svat. He was a beloved toy maker, and he made these toys for his children and grandchildren and kids in the neighborhood. And uh, when I say kids in the neighborhood... In uh, Sfat, in the 1950s and the 1960s, was very backward, sort of a forgotten village up on a mountaintop. Tourists weren't coming there that often. And the people who lived in Sfat were Jews that knew each other and had bonded very closely to each other, this secular uh, identifying Jews and the very and the religious Jews, the Svartim, the Ashkenazim, all the different styles of Jews really bonded because they had to fight together in 19, right before 1948. Um, there was, you know, they they had to defend their city, which they all bonded together and did. That, that has a lot of um, interest. That story in Sfat. Uh, There there are so many levels and textures to uh, this study of the city of Sfat. There's ancient things that are fascinating. We're getting to the story of Hannah and her seven sons, which we repeat to our kids, to each other, when we go over the Hanukkah story. And there's a tradition that Hannah and her seven sons are actually in that holy cemetery that I spoke about so when people actually come to the city of Svart, many times it's a life-changing experience. I When I talk to people about who have lived there or visited there, everybody has something interesting that's their own personal mystical adventure. And we hope with this art exhibit to be, give us an opening that people will find out about this city, first of all, and through the artworks. Um, discuss some of these ideas. Maybe they'll get a slight taste of that experience. Throughout the year after the art exhibit, we hope to have talks. And we have a few wonderful local experts lined up who will tell us who was the Arizal, who was Joseph Cairo, some of the greats that lived in that 16th century period. Or who are the people who even nowadays are you know, creating an amazing um, experience for visitors who come to Svat. nowadays. There's still much to gain to actually be there. But, you know, a lot of us can't travel. A lot of us don't have the abilities to travel. So this is a way of sharing. And I think that's in the Hanukkah spirit. There's an old saying that if you know the letter Aleph, like ABCs, if you know the letter A. If you know the Hebrew letter Aleph, the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So teach that to somebody else. Share what you have. So that's our uh, feeling behind this exhibit, is to share something that we have, which to us is um, like a jewel in the Jewish experience. And why not start that on Hanukkah, which pretty much is everybody's favorite Jewish holiday.
2: <laughs> In, indeed. Again, our guest today is Hannah Finman, co-producer of the Jewish Hour and co-director of Jewish Ferndale. So you mentioned lectures. So what is are the, the lectures going to be about? And uh, how often are they going to be? Who are we having?
1: Well, that will be printed up and put on your website, on Jewish Ferndale's Facebook page um, and Jewish Ferndale's website, a little bit later in the year we're moving through this slowly and uh, the truth of it is because we're not completely out of the fear of people catching all kinds of stuff now in our local area besides the covid issues which are the numbers are going up and for elderly people and people with special conditions it's it's a it's a real thing so we we move according to the dictates of some wonderful infectious disease specialists in our area. And so we are, we are planning it all now, but the actual times we will have to post because we will be advised by these specialists when it's safe, if we need to wear masks in, that, in the house. You know, we also are dealing with something called RSV virus, which affects children. So we have to be careful with safety always guides all our activities at Jewish Ferndale. You know, we had a lot going on in the spring and the summer and fall because they were outside activities. So we, we walk with care. But we hope that all of these things will be available on a um, Herschel Simmons Facebook page that people could watch at home if we can't get there live. And like I said, we'll be having these things up for in the future for many, many months. Each um, speaker... Um, or the, who have agreed to come in and talk so far. We have a few um, who are going to talk about the history of Sfat and the esoteric history of Sfat, and the laws from the Shulchan Aruch, which are the um, Joseph Cairo's contribution to Jewish life and literature, which was written in Sfat. And that's legalistic. That's all taking the time the transforming what was difficult to understand Jewish laws into a simple set table. Like when you come in, you see the table all set, and you know exactly where everything is? He did that. He codified and organized Jewish law. So that's also part of Svat's history. We call it the inner Torah is the esoteric part, and the um, uh, outer part of the Torah is, is the Jewish law. So we have both inner and outer, um, traditions in the studying, uh, um, you know, scholarship of Svat. But the artistic, uh, uh, development of Svat is something that happened, of course, later in the, in the 20th century, right? Um, we really didn't have Jewish art colonies until, you know, modern times. And if you go to a now and you walk around, you you know, you'll see art galleries that express many different temperaments, different kinds of art. The kind of art that we have selected are mainly people who are Hasidic artists who have studied both of the inner and outer dimensions of the Torah who are trying to express some of that in their artwork. Um, There's a lot more, we'll be, you know, We'll have tours that people can sign up for, self-guided tours, and uh, there'll be me who can talk about the individual pictures. Most of the artists that we have will be on display, not all of them, but many of them I knew personally um, and uh, knew their behavior as well as their artistic abilities. Okay. Sometimes that's important in artwork when they to... marry, when the behavior of the person was so am- amazing, and their artwork, their uh, the beauty of their thinking comes is expressed. So they're not just always pretty pictures. There's a depth to these art pieces. And express that idea, the inner and outer ideas. Thank you so
2: much, Mrs. Feminist. It's been wonderful. Could you please give us the information about the Hanukkah lighting one more time before we move on? Right.
1: So, like I said, um, Hanukkah actually begins on Sunday, December 18th at sundown. And our event is the following week, which is Sunday the 25th at 6 o'clock, because it will be dark then. Mm-hmm. And it's over the holiday on Monday, the 26th of December. And we've been doing this Hanukkah business for thousands of years. What time? The Hanukkah Mrs. story Humber? took place in 100, 168 before the Common Era. Okay. That's about the time. If you Google all the Hanukkah stories, go to Chabad.org and they'll have the story of Han and the seven sons in detail and the story of um, Hanukkah. It's good to review all of that, and it's a good source, you know. And um, hopefully, we'll be seeing some of your listeners. You didn't mention at the what, ti-
2: Chana, You didn't mention what time it is.
1: Six o'clock. I Six believe. Six
2: o'clock, and the address, please. Uh,
1: Seventeen twenty-five Pinecrest. In beautiful Ferndale, Michigan.
2: Yes, and parking is across the street at the Renaissance Vineyards for those people who are driving. Okay, I want to thank you so much for coming on and elucidating that, and this has been wonderful. And we're going to have you back on again, Hannah.
1: Okay. Well, we're getting ready for for Hanukkah. Maybe this Hanukkah will uh, will all be gifted with the light that Hanukkah provides. Somewhere deep within us this
2: year. Wonderful. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back.
1: Okay, bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for Kosher, and S-U-P for Supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Hey, Schulfinman. Finman, here you're listening to the Jewish Hour. I really do invite everybody. Our next lecture at Jewish Ferndale will be March the 26th. I think it's a Tuesday. March, excuse me, March the 21st. It's a Tuesday night featuring Young Israel of Oak Park. Rabbi Katz will be talking about L'cha Di, the, uh, the focal point of the Friday night prayers. It's a really it's, I've studied L'cha di It's really deep. There's really what to talk about. It's a really amazing piece of liturgy compri- compiled or composed in the mid-1500s in the city of Sfat. Up next, this is Purim for your listening enjoyment. This is Truly Broncher. The song is called Lave Sameach, which means have a happy heart.
0: praise for our users, <laughs> to be able to join in sector.
2: We all know there's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community. And Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call eight hundred six zero three eighteen thirteen. 603 That's eight hundred six zero three eighteen thirteen, 603 Or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. Herschel Finman here. You are listening to The Jewish Hour. This is really a poem song. This is Yoni Z. The song is called Adelo Yada. And, uh, the words are based upon the idea that on Purim, we're supposed to be so happy. It actually says we're supposed to get spiced, get inebriated, to the point where you don't know the difference between blessing Mordechai and cursing Haman, meaning the pro-ta- you don't know the difference between the protagonist and the antagonist in the Esther story. And by the way, if you have never read the book of Esther, I strongly recommend it. It's way cool. If you get some kind of commentary that like, explains what's going on, even better. But in the meantime, this is Yoni Z. For your enjoyment. Sione Z, that's until you don't know the difference between Mordecai and Haman, yes. Up next, this is a Purim parody, and since I don't listen to like modern music, I don't know what it's parodying, but I like the parody, it's a great song. The group is called Rabotai Acapella, which means a gentleman's uh, acapella non-music group. The song is about Queen Esther, it's called Girls Like You.
0: She was an orphan child raised by Mordecai the Jew. Became the queen when a man was and boo. She had the throne life and risked her own life. To save us. Now we're all good things The goddess Esther Stray Here's ago Cause girls like her Show
1: what a Jew can be Comes down to what you do You can be Esther too Yeah, yeah, girls like her Throughout our history
0: They have always come through And shown what a girl can do Yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah Show what a girl can do, yeah, yeah Show what a girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show what a yeah, yeah, yeah show what a girl can do, yeah Now it's born, with life, and we're so born a a in in costume. costume We need the story of
1: Esther's glory
0: Yeah, we survived the night when she turned Girls like her, show what a Jew can be, comes down to what you do, you can be Esther too, yeah, yeah. Girls like her throughout her history, they have always come through, show what a girl can do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show what a girl can do, yeah, yeah. Show what a girl can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show what a girl can do, yeah, yeah. Maybe you look to Sarah. Maybe you look to Vora, Maybe you look to your grandma or mother. Maybe it's Golda for you. Or else Gal Gadot is good too. So many wonderful women of power. Very long ago, there was a threat to our nation. I'm I was facing annihilation. Hamad said, look at those Jews, they're too crazy. Let's kill them all because Mordechai won't obey me. That Esther came and said, that's enough. Sorry, Hammer but your time is up. You're gonna wipe us out, hardly, hardly. We wanna fight, now let's party, party. Where would we be without our Jewish women? I will stand pure while the nation was sinning. In Egypt, the faith was strong. By the eggers, they did no wrong. We're singing Hachenu Kovekis Tzevah, we're all brothers. But now it's here for my sisters and mothers. Let us say it now, real loud and proud. Eichar, where are you to be found? girls like her
1: show what a Jew
0: can be. comes down to what you do. You can be Esther too, yeah, yeah. Girls like her do. So Monica.
2: Herschel Finman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. This week is the week of Purim. Purim is a special day. Um, It's a day of great celebration because this is the day, Nahapahu when things really got turned around. 2,300 years ago in the Persian Empire, the Jews were faced with a one-day annihilation. The antagonist, Haman, decided that he had enough with Jews and wanted to get rid of them. He was probably Hitler's great-grandfather. And made this whole decree on one day, all the Jews get killed, and of course, through some heavy, uh, heavy footwork, a little bit of a little bit of a miracle happening over here in between over here. So, Haman got killed, and all the anti-Semites got killed, and Jews live happily ever after. And we get to make a big party, saying, "Yay, we did it!" Okay, what's the deal over here? Why is Purim such a thing, such that, it says, Mashiach comes. We're not going to do Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur anymore. Those are the big days, but we're not going to need to do them anymore because what's Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur about? Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur about getting written into the Book of Life. Comes Mashiach. Everybody's in the Book of Life. There's nothing what to, nothing what to write anymore. No more Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, because those are days which we commemorate the exodus of Egypt, and it says that the miracles that happened went to our forefathers, in the Bible are going to be like a candle in the Newton day sun that casts a shadow. Not only does it not increase light, it casts a shadow. But Purim and Hanukkah, Purim is going to still be still be around. That's how the great thing is about Purim, because Purim is the example of what we can do in this physical world. We've been reading the last couple of weeks about the sanctuary in the desert, and uh, part of the deal with the sanctuary in the desert was to take the falseness of the world and to convert it into the sanctuary, And sanctuary being within a person's heart, that we become the sanctuary for God. Now, in order for us to become a sanctuary for God, we have to take our own falseness, and we have to turn it around. We have to convert it to truth. That's what Purim is. Purim, in fact, we get to the point where it says this first song that we played about de Adolayad, the second song, by Yoni Z, that we get to the point where we don't know the difference between blessing Mordechai and cursing Haman. What? You have the good guy, you have the bad guy. One's wearing a white hat, one's wearing a black hat. We know the difference. So what's the, what's the deal that we don't know the difference? It doesn't say that we curse Mordechai. And bless Haman, God forbid. It says that we don't know the difference between the two. Because what's a blessing? A blessing is drawing down from a pool of godliness that's sitting and waiting to come and be bestowed upon us. What's a curse? A curse is another pool. A much higher pool. Because since we believe that the Almighty is good and only does good, so... Anything that was manifest in this world is bad really is from a higher good. And if anybody has any questions, you can send me a a note to rabbifinman.com because I don't have a lot of time to explain this. But this is a very difficult concept to understand, that anything that happens is good. And if it is the best thing that could possibly happen, we don't see it because it's from a good which is beyond our cognition. We don't understand it. And so on Purim, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get to the level of relating to the Almighty where blessing and cursing is exactly the same, which means what? Going beyond even the level of cursing, relating to God in an essential way. Now, we relate to God in an essential way. That is Mashiach. That's why Purim sticks around. Speaking of sticking around, the Jewish hour has been sticking around now for 29 years, there's a podcast that I listen to, which is a radio show, I guess, on NPR, which they're making a big deal. It's their 25th year. So, ha, ha I got you beat. This is our 29th year that we're in existence. And it's an amazing thing that we're still here. I started this out as sort of like a, a lark somebody said to me one of my students said listen I'm uh, renting renting time on a radio station and they have an hour free immediately following me you've got a great voice why don't you rent the hour and we've been renting the hour ever since 29 years and the show I don't know if anybody's been listening for 29 years you can listen you can drop me a line somewhere in the world there are 29 years worth um up until from 1994 until 2009 the shows were all on cassette tape and they're sitting in my basement and if you'd like to peruse my basement for look some old shows give me drop me a line we'll we'll make arrangements we can see you could <laughs> classic jewish hour you have to have a cassette player but from t- 2009 if you look hard enough they're not all on my website but if you look hard enough you'll be able to find uh in the cloud, Jewish hour, whatever. So uh, I've been amazed at what I've been able to pull up uh, just doing some Google searches. It's been an amazing run. And we've only been able to do it with people like yourself listening to the Jewish Hour because radio costs. I can't afford to pay for it by myself. We do have some sponsors. The sponsors are not as much as they were 29 years ago. 29 years ago, I had 10 commercials. That was, like, amazing. It was like I couldn't say anything because every, every other minute I was playing another commercial. But as the years have gone by, so we've depended more and more on people like you, listeners like you, to keep the Jewish Hour afloat and going on into perpetuity. So go to rabbifinman.com and make a donation. And if you'd like it to be uh, a regular thing so you don't even have to think about it, you could do that, too. You have to have a PayPal account until I find something better. And I'm finding now that there are things better because this was all set up back in 2009 and PayPal was the gold standard now. Now PayPal's just expensive. So um, we'll we'll have to work on that. And hopefully my webmaster will be able to uh, come up with some other solution for it. I believe that sometime soon we'll be able to take Zelle, and that will not cost anything, which that'll be real cool, because then you don't have to use your credit card. You just use your Zelle, and uh, that's coming soon, but that all depends on my bank. So, But we still need your funds, and uh, if you give your funds, it will be considered a charity. It is considered a charitable donation, and in the eyes of the Almighty, it's part of your 10% that you have to give to charity, so contribute. Contribute regularly, contribute big money, contribute little money. doesn't matter. Just contribute because you're listening, you're enjoying, and we'd like to be here for longer. Don't like doing internet giving? No problem. Send your donation to The Jewish Hour, 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. We have... uh, um, we, we mentioned before about our next big lecture is the 21st. Rabbi uh, Yishaya Katz from Young Israel of Oak Park will be talking about L'Chadaydi. This is not just a uh, snore of a subject. Even if you have no idea what I just said, you would want to come to this and hear this lecture. This is going to be a great lecture. It'll be it'll be broadcast on, on my Facebook page, which is Finman from the Facebook. So do that. Okay, we're running out of time. Quickly, the story. There was a pauper who stayed at a rich man's house for a Purim meal. And at this Purim meal, everybody was invited to say Lachaim, to have some in, uh, adult beverages, and to say some insights into the holiday that they had learned. And he came to this pauper, and he just said Lachaim. He said, I don't have anything to say. So <clears throat> I said, okay, they passed by. As the things were wrapping up, the son-in-law of the this wealthy man started berating him, like what a big deal is that you are doing this and you, you, you're coming here and you don't have anything to say and you should be ashamed of yourself. And the, the pauper just looked at him and said, what, what, why should I hear here and be insulted by you that you're going to one day be a rabbi in a small town getting paid two coins a week? He said, "What are you talking about? My father-in-law is rich. I don't know what you're talking about." And it was about to come to fisticuffs, and the the the, the, the father-in-law comes out, and so it's going on. So he said, "Let me tell you a story. I am a simple tailor, and I don't make model a lot of money, and I would have to travel around making uh, making stuff for the pa- presents. One day the." Uh, the Paris, the local Landover, called me and he wants to make uniforms for all of his servants. This is not the story with Chaim where he says, I'm happy right now, no. And I said, I need money up front. So he gave me all the money for the whole entire deal and I traveled to the to the market, city, and there, there was a big commotion that what had happened as there was an entire family had just been thrown into jail because they couldn't pay their rent. And how much was it? The exact amount that I had in my pocket. So without even thinking, I took the money and I ransomed those individuals. And I said goodbye to the people and, uh, and I went my way and I went back to the, to the landowner. I said I had been robbed on the way and I need more money. So he, he trusted me and he gave me more money. And I went back and I made uh, the uniforms and uh, then uh, I got paid and uh, everything seemed to work out fine. So it happened, now I don't live near a city, but when it comes like the high holiday, so I go into the city. So I figured I'm going to go into the synagogue early on Yom Kippur, and I started saying Psalms. And I looked up from my Psalms, and I saw somebody coming to me, and it was this man who I had redeemed from prison. But I realized that he was not alive anymore. This was his soul. And I said, what's going on over here? He said, you did such great things for me. Let me let me show you some of the insights into the prayers. And he started showing me insights into these prayers. And I had no idea what he was talking about. It's just like he showed me another thing and another thing, and he would say this is on this level, and this is on this level, and this is on that level. And then finally, after he had done he said, okay, now we're done. So I figured that... Uh, Somebody bumped into me and said, come on, hurry up. I have to go home and eat. It was like I thought people were coming into the synagogue and it realized that I had been in this state for the entire Yom Kippur. And the last thing that that person said to me was, go to the Heuzel of Lublin, who was a big rabbi, a big, a big spiritual person. So I went home and I told my wife, I'm going to Lublin. And she said, have something to eat first. She said, nope, I'm going to Lublin. And he traveled to the city of Lublin, and there the Heuser was greeted by the Heuser, whose name was Yecheskel Horowitz. passed away in, I think, 1813. And he said, I know why you're here, and I know you didn't understand a word that the guy said. He said, you will stay with me for a year, and every day you will stand next to me, and we will pray together from the same prayer book. And he taught me, and after a year, he said, now you must go into exile. Travel around from city to city. Don't sleep in the same place more than one night. And after that time, you will be one of the 36 hidden righteous people, which is what this person who he saved was. He said, and before he left, before I left, he said, and you should know that you now have the power that when you look at somebody, you can see everything about that person from their birth until their death. Use that power wisely. So you see, I can see that sometime in the future, your father-in-law is going to belly up, and you're going to have to go find a job as a rabbi someplace, and you're going to get paid two coins a week. And as it happens, sometime in the future, the father-in-law did lose his fortune. this fa- son-in-law had to go find a job, and he was offered two jobs. One paid three coins a week, And it was a little bit more prestigious. The other one played two coins. But since he had been told, you have to pay, you're getting paid two coins, he took the two coins. That's going to do it for us. We hope you have a happy Purim or have had a happy Purim. And we hope to, we educated you a little bit. We hope you entertained you a little bit. We hope you have a great week. We'll see you back again next week. Take care.
1: Wie kommt es, dass ich
0: zu dem Aske vergessen? Wenn dem Aske wat uns gefällt, wie wollt min Tage Welt der Welt? Oi, yeah, yeah
1: di da di da, yeah di da di oi di da di da, oh yeah, yeah di da di da, der Tati und Geschäft und Geschick zum
0: Zählen mir soll ein Schieder mit dem Aske.